Welcome back to episode four of Interverse Media Podcast for English as a Second Language Learners. Today we're going to be talking about senior year and the things that come with it, including the American college application process. Yeah, so we'll be talking a lot of, about a lot of different things regarding senior year, especially things like what you're taking senior year, um, tests, the whole admissions process, what you should do during senior year. Yeah. Uh, let's get right into it then. So first of all, what is senior year? For uh, We call it senior year in America. Uh, in some countries across the globe, they call it grade 12, uh, final year. Essentially what it is, is it's the last year of high school before you go into college and become, well, an adult. So And usually you'll graduate at each, either age, like 18 or 17 if you have a younger birthday. Like I'll be 17, but most people will be 18 when they graduate. Right. So yeah, Grace will be 17. I'll actually be 18. I turn roughly February. So I'll turn 18 right before I graduate. So it's actually kind of, it's, it's a very important year for a lot of Americans, just because it is the year in which you're finishing your secondary education. But at the same time, you're at the age where you're legally an adult. So you're technically just independent. So it's time to like grow up in a sense. So it's super important. But then for the grades before uh, I guess I might as well clarify just because we did call grade 12 senior year. Um, ninth grade, which is the first year of high school, you, we call them freshmen. The second year would be sophomores. The third year, you would be called a junior. And then finally, like I mentioned, you'd be called a senior year final year. So other than all of the stressfulness of finally becoming an adult and having to take all those exams and apply for college, there is lots of fun stuff that come along with an American senior year. And one of those would be the special dances that uh, most schools offer. So there's something called homecoming or often shortened down to HOCO. And that is a dance at the beginning of the year. It's usually kind of like a semi-formal. The school will host it. Um, my school actually doesn't have a homecoming dance. Um, we just don't. Do you guys have one? Um, we do have a homecoming dance, but well, I mean, with quarantine right now, not really, but typically we do have a home. Yeah, we have a homecoming football game. Um, mm. So we all like dress up and, you know, do football things, but we don't have like an actual dance, if that makes sense. However, we do have a prom. Prom is a similar thing. It's also another dance um, in your senior year. And that's in the spring on like the on like homecoming, which is in the fall. Yeah, so funny little thing. Our home, wait, so your prom is like formal, right? You dress up and stuff, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So our prom is the same, but our homecoming typically, like, so okay, you guys don't have one, you guys have the homecoming game. I feel like we actually put a lot of stuff into our homecoming just because, like, we have a homecoming football game and then we also have the dance, but then the dance is not formal, so it's just like t shirts, whatever. But, like, yeah, it's oh. interesting. Like we kind of, yeah. we kind of have like both. Um, so we do have something called a homecoming court, and there's also like a prom court where someone in school be uh, like named a homecoming king and queen or prom king and queen. So you guys will like vote. It's usually just a popularity contest, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I think it's the same kind of in most schools. It's kind of like whoever, whichever name you see, um, and the majority of the population like likes, they'll probably end up as the homecoming king slash queen um yeah <laughs> so oh wait another really big thing that american seniors do is well graduation i'm sure this is an international thing typically every school whether you're graduating from elementary school middle school or high school you will have a graduation ceremony so graduation ceremonies are very special to american high schoolers just because it's that moment like i mentioned before where you are formally 
kind of announced to go into adulthood to finally finish up your uh, 12th grade education. And usually people, I think everyone typically just dresses up for this in a cap and gown. And you hear all this triumphant little music. You walk up, grab your diploma. And it's just a, it's just one really pretty big thing that we do in America. Another thing with graduation is that a lot of times, at least at my school, when you graduate, they'll call your name. And as you're walking across the stage to grab your diploma, they'll say like all your accomplishments. So it might be like, oh, National Honor Society, um, uh, principals, all A role, meaning they earned all A's in high school, just different things like that that are celebrated. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of just a, a period of time to celebrate everything or graduating high school and also just everything that you've been able to accomplish in high school. So it's pretty, just before you move on into college. Oh, right. And another huge thing, this is a little bit less formal compared to the dances and the graduation. Um, something that's usually unlisted by the school is not an official school activity <laughs> is, a, is a senior pranks. So for instance, my school actually has two senior pranks, um, one of which is very, it's very fun. It's, it's just a, it's called just a senior ditch day. Um, obviously, this isn't something, I feel like this is something I shouldn't really be promoting, but it's basically where seniors just all just don't come to school without telling now, the teachers or anything. They just go, I'm not going to go to school. Today's senior ditch day. And then they just don't go to school. We don't do this. I know it's very common in the movies, and obviously it happens at some schools, but no one at my school has ever done Senior Ditch Day. But we do have a senior prank. So, like, the one that the seniors did last year was they filled all of the stairwells with balloons. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, one of the other ones that we did was on – or this isn't as much, like, a prank, but on the first day of school, um, everyone – well, okay, our parking lot is extremely small. It only has space, really, for seniors. So it's basically a senior parking lot. What everyone does oh. is everyone drives on into the parking lot, everyone parks, and at 8 in the morning, which is when the first period bell rings, everyone sits in their car, slams on the, slams the, uh, the honk, uh, slams the horn. So it's just this huge uproar of car horns going off at 8 in the morning. And That's it's crazy. Oh it's my God. <laughs> really fun, but when you're a junior, sophomore, or freshman, it's extremely annoying because you just oh, hear, yeah. ah, like in the parking lot. It's very loud, but it's very fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember we have something, you know, I live in a very rural area. So we have a strip of our parking lot that is called Truck Row. And you can only park there if you have a truck. Anyway, so on senior like prank day last year, everyone who usually parked on Truck Row parked their cars up on this like walkway we have between two different buildings of the school instead of on truck row so there's just all these like huge like mo massive monster trucks parked up on the sidewalk um <laughs> school did not like that <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really funny yeah um so yeah, yeah that senior prank it's always fun something everyone looks forward to even if you're not a senior you just like to see what they're gonna do yeah it's usually like different every year it's just very interesting to check out um but yeah those are senior pranks yeah, I think the next thing would have to be something a little less fun, uh, college applications. <laughs> so in order to go to college in the United States, you have to apply to each individual school. So you're going to put down all your grades. You're going to write some essays. You're going to like submit test scores, write down all the clubs you've done. 
So, and that you usually start right about this time. I'm working on my college applications now. Um, so you start that now, but depending on what you do, um, they're due at different times. Right. Yeah. So they're, so the college admissions process, yeah, like Grace said, it's very, very, or at least for a lot of students, it's pretty stressful. Um, there are a lot of different routes into college, though, which is very interesting. Um, let's talk about the timeline first. So like Grace mentioned, there's like different due dates and different deadlines and whatnot. Um, let's talk about regular versus early decisions. So regular admissions are basically just your like it says, regular admissions into college. You go through the whole admissions process, you fill everything out, fill your application, send it in by some certain date. But there's something special in American schools called early decision slash early action. So what that is, is, well, if, it, if there's a particular school that you are like, it's your number one school, you're absolutely, totally 100% like committed to going there, um, in that case, you would fill out an early decision application for the school. So these are these applications are for students that are just 100% into it. And if they get in, um, it's kind of like a, a binding contract where if you get an early decision, then you are committed to go to that school. So that's just one of the interesting processes that we have here in America. Are you doing regular early decision for any of your schools? Um, I'm applying to one school early decision because, okay. yeah. So, and then majority of mine are just um, regular decision. Like the California schools are, I don't think, yeah, no, the, the UCs, the University of California schools are, they don't have an early process. So you just apply regular for those. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea where I want to go. So I'm also doing regular decision for everything. Um, Oh, wait, no, that's that's awesome, though. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, those are, like, two of the typical pathways that you take with college apps. Um, some other pathways would be athletics. So we kind of talked about this in our stereotyped episode last time, but one of the funny stereotypes is that Americans are very fond of sports culture. Sports are huge <laughs> in the United States, and actually... Um, in the American in American culture, it's gone to the extent where sports can get you into college, which is you can, honestly very rewarding and very interesting. You only have to maintain like a very low grade point average and be super good at a sport to get in the same school that someone might need uh, like an all A's to get into. Right. It's essentially talent searching just because college athletics are a very big part of culture here. They're televised. People enjoy watching them. So if you're good enough, if you have enough talent and enough like skill at a sport that you do, then you can go through the recruiting process. So I can touch on this a little bit just because I myself am a swimmer. Um, I'm a high school swimmer. I've been swimming for like 13 years of my life. Um, the recruiting process is basically just uh, if you're like, I guess good enough, or if you're if you have the skills that a school is looking for, they can reach out to you and um, essentially, well, pull you to their school. So there are divisions. Okay, this is getting into a very long explanation, but there are three divisions in America: Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three. With Division One and Two, the sports coaches have enough leverage to essentially just get you into the school solely off of your um, talents in the sport, just because division one is like the absolute top tier athlete pool. 
And those are the ones that people are going to go to watch. So, like, if you hear about right. people talking about, like, an Alabama football game or the national championship, they're talking about Division One football. Division One, Right. Yeah, exactly. But then with Division Two and Three, for example, I'll talk about Division Three. Uh, Division Three, just because it has a little less weight, uh, the process will be that instead of just immediately getting accepted, you have to have kind of a higher, a, a better balance between your athletic abilities as well as your academic abilities. So they kind of expect like a best of both worlds kind of character from you when you're apply or when you're trying to get recruited like Division Three. So yeah, that's kind of the sports or uh, the athletics process, and it's it's pretty big here, yeah. Yeah, and so not everyone is super great at athletics. That would be me. I'm not. I don't play any sports. But something a lot of other kids do as an extracurricular or like uh, something that's involved within school but is not necessarily academic would be clubs or volunteering. Uh, so for me, I'm in a ton of clubs at school. And so most schools offer a lot of different options. It might be things from, I'm in several language clubs because I like languages. So I'm in Russian club and Latin club. Um, but there's also clubs dedicated to like volunteering. There's clubs dedicated to politics. I'm in a political club and a human rights club. Um, there's also ones for like marketing. I'm in DECA, which is competitive marketing. So it's just anything that you can do and from there you might not be able to get like a full scholarship but it is going to boost your application to make it look better yeah so school clubs are honestly a also very big part i feel like in some countries um especially internet art well obviously internationally when i'm saying some countries but some countries definitely um have a lot of focus on just academics uh, when with their countries like colleges, some countries have more emphasis on just like their abilities in certain skills. Um, but with America, it seems to be a pretty good balance of both. Like you, ha I feel like you have to be not have to be, but it's it's nice to be good at kind of be a well-rounded individual. So like being good at academics, being good at like having having interests that aren't just academics, and being like kind of good at them as well. Um, but yeah, America is very. This is especially true if you want to get a scholarship, because if you do want to get a scholarship, um, you are going to need to be very well rounded. You can get into most schools, maybe not like the Ivy Leagues, with just one of the above, just sports or just academics. But if you actually want to get into a hard school like the Ivy Leagues, or if you want a scholarship, you're going to need to be good at least two things, if not all three. Right. Yeah. That's something. That's something I've definitely noticed. Like at my school with just alumni, or. Alumni are students that have already graduated from your school. Um, with alumni, you tend to see a lot more well-roundedness with with students that end up at like very competitive universities. So that seems to be just a commonality out here in America, or some or like a trend for, I guess, better ranked universities. Um, but yeah. Oh my goodness! I to we totally forgot to touch on your on test scores. So. One huge thing, um, one huge thing, maybe this is a little different now because of quarantine, but one very big um, portion of the college application is SAT, ACT scores, or just examination scores in general. I know so the every... SAT and ACT are two different tests, right. but they're the same. You can choose to pick whichever one you think is better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're essentially just standardized tests that every student takes in order to kind of gauge their skills in um, reading, English, uh, mathematics, sometimes science. I think the ACT has a science section, but the SAT does not. 
Um, yeah. I personally took the ACT. I don't really know. I took ACT also. I don't know SAT yeah. at all. Just, yeah. From my understanding, I think the SAT just doesn't have a science section, but it's like English and math or something. But yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyways, they're just tests that kind of um, gauge your understanding of, well, things that you've learned. Like in general school. topics. Right. Just general topics. So off of these scores, you submit these as well in your college application, and then they kind of check these out. But honestly, the thing with the SAT and ACT, a lot of people think that like you have to get a good score on this in order to be seen as a good student. But I've noticed that this is definitely not the case. Like um, the things that we've mentioned before, like clubs, extracurriculars, uh, maybe sport, sometimes sports uh, and academics, those are honestly like way more important than the SAT ACT at especially least this year right a lot of colleges are doing test optional which basically just means you don't have to submit SAT or ACT scores because corona has canceled a lot of testing days so that way kids haven't gotten the same amount of opportunities and so they're not requiring you to submit them so if you don't have good yeah. enough test scores it doesn't matter at all yeah so this year it's totally just removed also oh my gosh I don't know if you've heard about this um because, well, you're actually on the other end of the country from me. But here in California, what just happened was the the University of Cal the UC system, the University of California school system, uh, just removed the requirement altogether for SAT, ACT scores. So it's, really? not, it's not only that it's optional. You can, like, choose to submit it. If you don't have it, it doesn't matter. They straight up just don't let you submit it anymore. That's insane. Every school yeah. that I've looked at just doesn't, you know, it's optional, not like, yeah. like that. Yeah, it was... It's optional everywhere except for the UCs. Um, the UCs made it optional. I sorry, they removed the like optional thing and made it just no exams. Uh, I believe roughly a, a week ago when a lawsuit passed. So that's something very interesting. Oh, it kind of just says about something that. about the importance of like SAT, ACT. It's not right. not the end of the world if you don't get like your thirty six or sixteen hundred score. Like it, it's. It's fine. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you are an international student, you'll most likely be exempt from the ACT, SAT portion unless your country has its own equivalent. But more likely than not, you just won't have to submit any test scores. It'll just be right. like your grades and things. Yeah. Oh, sorry. And then one thing I, I think I, okay, I might be slightly wrong, but from my understanding with international school or international countries, or other countries that don't speak English, I believe that there might be a requirement to take the the TOEFL. I believe. Let me. Yeah, TOEFL. Yeah, that's TOEFL it. TOEFL exam. It's like an. It's a test that tests for English language understanding. I think that's the. That might be the only examination that's like completely required for international international students. students. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> um, but if you're coming from like a country, obviously like Australia or somewhere else that already speaks English, then you won't have to take this. But if you're from a country that's not an English speaking country, you're most likely going to have to take it or submit some sort of equivalency to TOEFL. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I think we've touched on pretty much all, a lot of the bits of senior year and like the whole college app process which i'm currently dreading um oh yeah how about we spend some time just giving some tips to our listeners right now then? okay yeah i think my thing would be perfect your essay i have been working on the same essay for like three weeks and i just finished it and honestly i feel like it's really good so i'm glad i spent so much time on it i don't know if it'll help because obviously i haven't heard back from schools yet but you know i think it's good 
Another thing I would suggest is just to apply to a lot of schools because I know so many people who thought for sure that they were going to go to this one school and then they didn't get in or they decided they didn't want to after the end and they were really grateful that they had applied to a lot of other schools and then ended up finding one that was perfect for them that they could have never imagined before. I had I had a friend who she's a year older than me and she was like so dead set on going to Columbia and then she didn't well she got waitlisted and so she ended up accepting University of Florida and she was just so glad she went to Florida. I was talking to her earlier and she said, I cannot even imagine going to Columbia. I'm so glad I didn't do that. So I think just have some safety schools and you might end up liking them more than you thought. Another thing I would say is don't be afraid to kind of just go out there and try something totally crazy. For example, for me, my school threw me into a Russian class and I would have never picked that for myself. Um, and here I am fully prepared to major in international relations with a concentration in Russian. So, I mean, I just, I know, I don't know how else to say it, but just, you know, take the, take the journey. It might be not what you're expecting, but you might find your passion that you could have never guessed a year ago. Uh, I guess, yeah, just be, don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Just try new things. Well, thank you all for listening. We love having you guys listen to our podcast. Hey guys, this is the editor for our Interverse podcast. Since Cole and Chris's voice didn't get recorded for this part, I'm going to say the last bit for them. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate all of your support and we'll see you next time.